0: And welcome, everyone, to the Circle of Debate Podcast Top 5 Picks of the Week. We're back for Top 5s. I know that we've been taking a little break because our schedule is very difficult to get everybody. But at least we got the God of Podcasting here, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. The man of disaster. The king of sting. The man with the plan. And that is by God of Podcasting money, Mike Lopez. (laughs) That's right. Because we're here today to do our Top 5. And this top five is top five SummerSlam pay-per-views. Uh, so many, such credible history of SummerSlam. I mean, just the list is so phenomenal. And obviously, we know from the first SummerSlam that happened, obviously, in 1988, August 29th. And, you know, we're so many, you know, I don't know how, how many years already. My guy has been like, what, for 88, 21, so what going to Like, are we like
1: 31 years? Like about oh, 31 30.
0: years, 32 years. Or somewhere, like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not a math major.
0: Nah, I'm not a mathematician either. But, <laughs> but yes, that's over You know, over 30 years, I believe so, and of SummerSlam, great and some bad. But we're here to talk about the best that we love, that we remember, recall, the cards of these pay-per-view matches. So let's just start it off. So I'm going to go ahead and go first, because I'm going to save the God of Podcasting for last. So here we go. Here's my top five, ladies and gentlemen. Top five is number five. I did enjoy this card because it was an epic and it was a sold out uh, event. Uh, Going back to my, I would say, teenage age of learning and acknowledging SummerSlam. The first one I ever watched was SummerSlam 1992 when it was in England when it was Brett the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental Title. That was the main event, and of course. Uh, British Bulldogs hometown of, of England won the Intercontinental, had the biggest ovation. It was an epic event. And for Vince putting that as a main event instead of the Warrior and Savage at that time for the WWF title, he decided to go with Bret Hart and British Bulldog. Uh, of What I hear, it was Bret Hart who kind of convinced Vince like, hey, this is Bulldog's home. Let's let us let us steal the show. Let us close it out. And they did, and they did an incredible job. And also with Legion of Doom defeating uh, Money Inc., which was uh, Ted DiBiase and IRS for the WWF tag team titles. And that was another epic event for them to finally, you know, gaining that WWF tag team titles. So, I mean, so this card was not bad. If you have not seen it, I will recommend to go. Not I don't know Peacock has that shit. But, uh, yeah, I'm not subscribed to Peacock. I don't think Money Mike is either. No, we're not. you can have that. Yeah, I can have that. We're not. <laughs> or look for someone on YouTube or something. You never know. Somebody, you know you'll find it. But uh, go back and look at that. Number four, I dis- I did enjoy this one because it was SummerSlam in 1997. Bret the Hitman Hart versus The Undertaker. Shawn Mike was being their guest for free. And, of course, that was what we were seeing. The-, the carnation, the the. the-, the- the uh, fruition of D-Generation X barely growing at that time from Shawn Michaels was becoming right. what he was. And, and, and also Bret Hart being, that, you know, he was a great heel at that era. And him being the five-time WWF champion of defeating The Undertaker. And also you had Austin and Owen Hart. Um, the card was a uh, great as well. I would, another one, I would, another recommendation that I would highly watch, go back and look at it. Uh, Great storytelling in that whole event, and I enjoyed it very much. My number three is SummerSlam 1998, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. But besides that match, we had the ladder match, The Rock Triple H for the Intercontinental title. That was another great epic uh, ladder match. Uh, And you could tell that The Rock and Triple H, which that match is not really talked very highly, uh, but it should be the fact is that you had these two individuals who was trying to kind of like re uh we could say kind of rekindle of the Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon WrestleMania 10 moment but these two did put a hell of a, sh- a hell of a match a hell of a show on, on that match as well and triple h becoming the intercontinental title so it was great i enjoyed it and uh, i believe what other matches we had we had so many of course austin and, and The undertaker uh, and this is when Austin busted his, you know, busted his chin because Taker's put his head up and knocked him out unconscious. But, he, you know, they still went with the match. So it was a great match overall. But the whole card was great. I enjoyed it very, very much. On uh, number two. Eh, yep, I'm going to get shitted for this, but I don't care. <laughs> two, uh, SummerSlam 2011, CM Punk versus John Ooh. Cena. Why do I say that? that? Yeah, because yeah, because the whole card was great. I enjoyed the whole card of, of SummerSlam. Um, because we had, for the first time ever, a full-blooded Latino cashing in the money in the bank and becoming the WWE champion, and that is Alberto Del Rio. That's why I chose that one. And not only that, but the card was not bad either. I mean, there was a great, you know, a couple good matches. I mean, there was... I mean, I did enjoy, you know, Randy Orton and Christian. That was one for the heavyweight title. Yeah. I did enjoy mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. And uh also, you know, let's see. Can I going to say, I see. we I mean, yeah, had Oh, I forgot about this. Mark Shape, um, Mark Henry is shameless. Wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Uh that you had Morrison Kofi and Mysterio versus our truth and Miz and Del Rio. Uh, but like I said. It was not a bad pay per view because I enjoyed the fact that Kevin Nash came, power bomb, CM Punk, still Real runs in, and cashes in, does that, does the kick, one, two, three. It was just I was happy, you know. Sorry to sorry people. I mean, because I'm Latino, man, I'm Mexican, man. I gotta give my my raza credit. I mean, and I love heels too. So it's not only I love any face, but I love heels. So I really enjoyed that that The Real won that one. And my number one, of course, is the one that Mike and I went to. But I don't know if this is my number one. This is my number one. And it's SummerSlam 2013. And that is Daniel Bryan becoming the WWE champion, defeating John Cena. But then fucking Triple H fucked it all up. Pedigrees Daniel Bryan. Randy Orton comes in, cashes in money in the bank, and then becomes a WWE champion. And that was the show. Everybody was like, I was with my other buddies and we we're like, what the fuck just happened? First, we were excited. We we're like, yes, yes. I was even, I'm going to get shit out of this because I was even telling a kid, that's right, John Cena sucks. I was telling him, yes, he's Hulk Hogan. Like, we're just talking mad shit to the kid, you know, but, you know, because Daniel Bryan for us is our hero, our underrated hero, the one that who... It's a short man that was never given a chance and he pulled it off. And of course, seeing Daniel Bryan in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla when I was there live as well, before before he was known as you know Daniel Bryan, he was Brian, the American Dragon Bryan Danielson. So, a lot of history with Daniel Bryan that I enjoy and I admire so much freely. Uh, also, you had Bray Wyatt versus Kane in Ring of Fire match, it was at the time, right? And, I, and I'm like, and that was when we saw. Harper and and, and Rowan putting the tarp on top of the flames, you know, getting involved. of course, Wyatt winning the match. Um, It wasn't bad. And then Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, you had that match as well. Wasn't bad either. So I really enjoyed the whole card. It was not bad at all. And being there live was so great. I know Mike felt the same, same likewise, but it was awesome to be there because people chanting CM Punk. People even Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. Oh man! Oh, Love the it. crowd
1: was electric that night for sure. Oh
0: hell yeah, hell yeah! And we can say that that was uh, the first. We were part at least of that era of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. That that we could we could say that it was their, their era at that time. So
1: the, and I anyway. think that's what if you trace everything back, you know, from WrestleMania 30 all the way, uh, you it comes back to this. Really, Ooh. you know. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That, that moment, uh, I believe the authority was really born there, yeah, you know, yeah, and they had no plans for Daniel Bryan to main event or you know, or anything to do with WrestleMania, so uh, yeah, yeah there you you, you're absolutely right, yes, uh, totally agree with that,
0: and so that's my number one, ladies and gentlemen. I've got two honorable mentions I'm gonna have to mention, of course, and uh, I'm gonna mention. Uh, SummerSlam 2002, because it's obviously the Brock and Brock Lesnar. And of course, this is when the rock was going to Hollywood. Going, I think this is when after the Scorpion King. I think this is when he, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. I think it was when he did Too Cool, right? The movie Too Cool. I would be, cool? uh,
1: I forgot. I think so. <laughs> I think it
0: was, right? Or, oh, yeah, it was Walking Tall. I think one of those, he was just leaving. Or the Rundown. Oh, yeah, it was a Rundown. You're right. Um, but yeah, this is when The Rock left and passed the torch to Brock Lesnar. This is when Lesnar won the King of the Ring tournament and got his title shot uh, for the WWE title, the undisputed title at that time. And of course, this is when you had Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, that match was intense. And, you know, you know, before we record, I asked Mike if it was the first time they met. Mike corrected me that it wasn't. This is the second time, I believe, or the third time I think they met. But this paper, but on a pay-per-view, this was a great match overall. Uh, with Ray Mysterio and Kurt Angle, and also yeah, oh, I forgot it. And Shawn Michaels and Triple H the unsanctioned match. This is a time that yeah. we did see Michaels coming back from his injury. What I think at that time it was like five or six years out of the ring at that time, and won the match. And then that's when Triple H hit him with the sledgehammer, and they made a whole drama like, oh my guy, you know he's out cold. <laughs> um, and all oh, Edge and, and Eddie Guerrero as well.
1: That about yes. that one? Yeah. Oh my God, Ric Flair and Chris Jericho.
0: Yes, yes, and that was a and that was a great match too. Did not didn't expect that from Ric Flair. I did not expect that. So that's one of my honorable honorable mentions. My second one that I will have to mention here. Um, and I think I will be shitted on this, but I don't care. And that is SummerSlam 2016. 2016. Why? Because this is when... What happened there? (laughs) Lesnar... I I don't remember. Lesnar, Randy Orton, the elbow strikes, the bleed of blood and everything, they stopped the match. They made it realistic as hell. I was expecting more out of that match, but you know, I guess guess the way it ended was, had us and the rest of the fans are like, what the fuck just happened? This just became real. Like, this just really, really happened. Nobody knew the backstage. The only people that knew was Vince, hey- Heyman, Lesnar, and Orton. Those are the four people that knew what the hell was gonna happen at the end. This is when Jericho confronted Brock and backstage. What the fuck, man? You been my best friend! And this is when they were gonna get, really gonna get down you know backstage in the real fight, you know, because Jericho thought it was real. Like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that was intense to see, I mean, to hear about, backstage about it. I wish they would have filmed it I w- and put it. I would love to see it Oh, that. man. <laughs> <That would've>
1: been... <laughs> Oof.
0: I know, right? Oh, man. I would have loved to see that Jericho and, and Brock Lesnar going at it backstage. What the fuck, motherfucker? Like, you know, but oh, well. And then also you had Dean Ambrose and Ziggler. This is when Ziggler was getting his, I think he won the number one, number one contender. And this is mm-hmm. when uh, Ziggler was getting hyped up. He never won a WWE. WE title. Uh so this is yeah, because Moxley was not Moxley, Ambrose <laughs> was a WWE champion at the time. And so this is was Ziggler was the underrated one in this match. But it was it was a good storytelling because Ziggler was an underrated dog, even though he was a former heavyweight champion. But I enjoyed that match as well. And of course, oh Sheamus and Cesaro. That storyline itself was actually incredible. And this is what now when it, this was the beginning times before they became BFFs and became a tag team. But I did enjoy seeing Cesaro and Sheamus because I think, personally, Cesaro pushed Sheamus to the limit and made him better in the ring, in my opinion. I'm not saying that mm. that Sheamus is not great in the ring, but I feel like he improved a lot more with the psychology of Cesaro of what he brings in the, in the ring. That's just how I feel about it. And, of course, you had Sami Zayn and, of course, Pac. Neville at the time Dudley versus the Dudley Boys, and of course you had The Miz and Apollo Cruz. Oh, I forgot about this one. I can't even forget about this one. Shit, what am I doing? AJ Styles against John Cena when he finally AJ beat John Cena. That yeah. match was great too. It was a great, great storytelling match too, especially the promos how they were going at it with each other. And this is not for a title. This is just individual, like oh, you know, like. Bragging rights. I, exactly. Bragging rights. Absolutely. Thank you very much. But, yes, that match was not bad at all. It was great. And even Cena praises AJ because AJ's phenomenal for a reason. He's phenomenal in the ring, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. That is my list of best SummerSlam pay-per-views. Now let's go with the bike out of podcasting. Money Mike Lopez, the floor is yours.
1: Um. Man, SummerSlam, you know, my list kind of revolves around a certain era. And it's my list. So if you did not like it, I got two words for you. Make yours. <laughs> so number five, I've got SummerSlam 1998. Now, this was one that, one pay-per-view that I did not see when it aired. I've come to appreciate it as, as I, I've seen clips of it and, and I've watched it later on uh, in my wrestling fandom. So, 98, you know, Highway to Hell, you got ACDC playing, you know, Austin and, and Undertaker walking down and, and, you know, a great, great promo. You don't see stuff like that anymore on, on, uh, on wrestling TV. Uh, so, man, it's just, you know... If you showed it to your friends, you're gonna. Their friends are like, oh, you know, will make fun of you for it. You know, it's so cool looking. Um, the pay per view itself, you know, it was it was a it was a pretty cool pay per view, I would say. Um, and, but yes, you know, having icons like uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold, you know, headline, and then uh, of course Triple H and uh, The Rock going at it for the Intercontinental Title. In a ladder match, um, I, I, you know, when I was barely discovering wrestling, and and I saw this match, I was like, "Well, why are they going after the the intercontinental belt? Shouldn't they be going for the 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 main world title?" But I didn't put two and two together at the time that they were rising. It, yeah. it, at, at the time, they were rising stars and uh, on their way to the main event. So. Uh, it just kind of goes to show the importance of the IC belt, too. So, uh, you know, matches like SummerSlam 98 definitely uh, add to that legacy, for sure, for the IC belt. Uh, number four, SummerSlam 2001. Mm. This is at the peak, the you know, of my fandom. I, man, I, I was all in for this invasion angle. I, I, I know, you know, it didn't turn out uh, with a great ending, uh, but SummerSlam 2001, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, was, it was pretty cool. Okay, I don't know if anybody has ever caught this, but watch during the Booker T versus Rock match. Some dude is grabbing onto his woman during the match. You could see it in the crowd. Really? Uh, I, 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 yes. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave you guys with that right there. Um, <laughs> it, 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 and he does it uh, like three or four times. Like, he just grabs the boob. Uh, and I don't even know how I noticed that, but... Um, that, that happens during Rock and uh and Booker T. I'm gonna have to go back and see that now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and see that. yeah, and uh, yeah, so you know, I, I, again, I was all in for this uh invasion angle, I was like, whoa, you know, and then angle versus Austin, man, the emotion, I, I felt it going into it, you know, that that man, like angle hated Austin oh for what God. he did to him yes. at uh, at Invasion. And you know the humiliation and all that, and everything bubbling up. It you know the story leading into it. It was it was definitely awesome. And you had uh, TLC, right? Was it TLC? No. Yes. Well, it was TLC. It was TLC, I believe. Well, wait, no, it. Wait. No, no, was it? No, well, no it was, TLC just, was the, the year prior. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, but you know, all, uh, great matches, great matches all around SummerSlam 2001. This number three did have the the TLC match and it was SummerSlam 2000. I remember um, watching this and you know the main event and uh, uh, really just seeing how the the love triangle between between Triple H Stephanie and Kurt Angle was uh, going on and I, I I did not watch soap operas gr- growing up. so this was really like, you know dramatic and like oh you know he's with her but she's hinting at him and he's trying to get at her and take her away from him sort of thing and uh you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, like
0: a dos mujeres un camino all right yes. you know I mean? uh, go
1: back and see that google it
0: google it at youtube at dos mujeres
1: un camino Exactly, <laughs> soap operas to to the max, man. Uh, it, it, and my goodness, to to say that the Rock is an afterthought as champion, hey, right? <laughs> as champion, it, it says something, man. Really. Uh, and and then the SmackDown before the pay per view, Kurt Angle uh, kisses Stephanie, and yeah, just drama filled all around. But it made for an interesting and you know and compelling. Storyline while going into this, uh, of course, Rock coming out with the W, and again TLC. Nah, that was the first one, right? That was the actual uh,
0: first one, right? Or uh, yeah, the first huh? one?
1: Yeah, we, I believe the year prior, no, at WrestleMania, earlier they had the triangle ladder match. Yes, triangle, mm-hmm. yeah, that was when. They, but yeah. they was birdie introducing like tables and
0: ladders. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. tables and chairs. I'm sorry, towards them, um, towards the ladder match. So that's exactly. when that's how I became TLC at Summerslam pretty much,
1: right? Mhm. Uh, I'm sure the, the marketing team got together and like, hey, we got something here at TLC. Here. This yeah. is good shit right here this is good shit, not the shit you're doing now, but that was good <laughs> shit back then. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um next number 2 is SummerSlam 2003. I particularly enjoy this one um mostly because you know, again, at the time it was the rise of my wrestling fandom. And I remember Angle and Lesnar having such a, a rivalry at the time too, uh, that I was very, very invested in, in seeing how they had their WrestleMania match and everything coming back to this. Um, of course, Elimination Chamber. First one. I, uh, no, actually, this was the second one. Oh, no, you're right, it is, because yeah. Goldberg was featured. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yes, uh, and then, you know, I really thought Goldberg was w- going to walk out of there with that belt, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, uh-uh. No. Nope. Not going to no. happen. No. Sledgehammer. Um, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I was okay with the ending, honestly. Um, I felt that, yes, a sledgehammer can take you out, you know, and... Some people said oh no this and that and you know it was a bad finish but I you know I was okay with it it's fine uh I I you know at the time I really looked forward to elimination chamber matches more so than today I still kind of look forward to them but at the time it was such a special event right yeah. elimination chamber yeah. so yeah this this definitely upped the the big fight feel as they say Oh yeah. And then um just realizing that too in the card,
0: mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it now and I'm like we even had Shane and Harry Bishop, but then we
1: had Guerrero that, and, and and Benoit. I was so shocked to see Jonathan Coachman attack Shane McMahon with a chair. That's like saying, hmm, let's see. That's like saying Alex Marvez coming out in, <laughs> and attacking uh <laughs> Uh, Jericho with a chair during his match, or so or something like that. Um, like you would never expect him to, to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, I did not expect Jonathan Coachman. I remember watching this, uh, and and why, like you know, it just being so perplexed as to why this was happening. Uh, but you know, it, 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 it was what it was, and and yeah, and uh, Kane had barely taken his mask off. At this time, this was, I believe, his first pay per view without the mask. Oh yeah, and he went up against right. Rob Van Dam. You're right, yeah. yeah. Baldy
0: Kane. That's when the called. Baldy Kane came, came mm-hmm. you know, born. And then ugh, I just hate the fact they made him cut half of his hair, like really, like like he had a six head, like just oh my god, it was just ridiculous. Well, but why would you do that? Why would why you? Why would you do, do that? that?
1: <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Oh man! Now it's time for number one, SummerSlam 2002. Uh, No question, you know that's it right there. The the apex, the pinnacle, pinnacle of SummerSlams is SummerSlam 2002. The WrestleMania 17 of SummerSlams is 2002. Um, Brock versus Rock, I. I read Lesnar's book that there was a rematch between Rock and Brock, but it really? was at a, at a live event. Really? Yes. Was it, it was okay. That's yeah, interesting. Was, yes. There was a rematch, and it was at a live event. Rock won. But, yes, this, um, the first one was this one. Yeah, okay. You know, Rock versus Brock. And, man, ooh. Okay. So, kind of interesting story here uh, concerning myself in this pay-per-view. At the time, I was underage and I would usually go to a sports bar to watch these pay-per-views. How I got in, uh, don't I'll, ask. Oh, yeah, don't ask. Um, <laughs> however, I was all set. It was me and my brother, we were ready to go and we arrived at the at the location uh, National Sports Grill in Torrance,
0: mm.
1: and uh, turns out that they closed. And this was before social media, before you know, before I had easy access to the internet, so I didn't know the announcement was made that it was closed. And I kid you not, we spent hours driving to different locations, and of course, I'm underage, so. Uh, I was not able to want to watch it as it aired, so I had to go wait until the VHS popped up at my nearest uh, Blockbuster. So yes, that's that's how much I wanted to see this pay-per-view because I was so hyped about the main event, and of course Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, and of course Eddie versus Edge, and of course Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle and uh well test versus undertaker is eh, Mm. so so but you know this 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 was a banger of a pay-per-view to this day i feel like i could watch it from start to finish you know uh rick flair and jericho chris jericho yeah Yeah. so you know definitely uh uh, a great great pay-per-view uh one for the ages and number one on my list I, I, like I say, I feel I feel bad for
0: Taker because he was booked wrong. It was your BFF Bruce Pritchard, that booked him. That Who guy. booked this shit?
1: <laughs> I wasn't there. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, two honorable mentions, of course, and we're gonna start it off with. I actually attended both of these Summer Slams. Yes, Staples Center, and man, I, I, I okay, I enjoyed when they used to have it here every year and had access. And I feel like they wanted to make this the, the 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 official home of SummerSlam, which you know makes sense, right? Uh, but eventually, alas, they took it away. Um, SummerSlam 2013, I remember it like it was a few months ago. Triple H, you know, was the guest referee of the of the WWE title match, and then you know after the match, Randy Orton, Mister Money in the Bank, comes out. And you know, pretends he's going to go into the ring, turns around, okay. Well, never mind, I'm going back to the back. Triple H pedigrees Daniel Bryan. Randy Orton walks, waltzes on in there, and covers in for the belt one, two, three. Okay, I still to this day remember the gasp from the audience. The yes, I, I, I remember, um, and just. A shock, you know, and I'm used to shocking moments on TV, The Streak, and all all sorts of moments, but to see a shocking moment in person, it was just it, next level consciousness. consciousness. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> yeah, great stuff there, man. Like, and then of course, you know, Ziggler uh, defeating Big E. Yes, uh, the Ring of Fire that you could feel the heat from oh, the nice the the fire going around uh when they did the when it, you know, they made it pop whatever you could feel the heat in, on your face uh so yeah so a lot of great great names of course in this in this card uh first honorable mention second one happened the year right after that i was there too summer slam 2014 and for me being in the audience and seeing the reaction to the main event, John Cena being squashed by Lesnar. It was just like, people were kind of, again, shocked that this was happening. You don't see John Cena being squashed very, very often, if at all, at times, you know? I agree. Um, Yeah. So when the, the match is no longer than 10 minutes, maybe even less, you know? So, uh, yeah. I, and, 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 and I, I, I swear this happened. Mm-hmm. On my drive back home, uh-huh. I saw Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman walking and going into Morton's Steakhouse oh. to celebrate, oh. to celebrate the win. And he was carrying both belts. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. <laughs> On my drive back oh. home. Oh, and shit. Uh, yeah, he was carrying both belts and he was, I remember Morton, Morton's Steakhouse and since that day, I've been wanting to go in there because I'm like, if it's good enough for Brock Lesnar, it's good enough for me. So, there you go, sponsorship, Mortons. There you go. Um, so yeah, I want uh, to this. I have not gone gone yet, but uh, uh, someday I'll I'll check it out. It's good. Uh, it's 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 good.
0: I, I, can't, I I'm not gonna say it's the best, but I can say it's good quality. So I can say, I'm a steak guy. I love steak, but I uh, I will prefer more lorries. Mm, that's they're more prime rib, though. But this is like more actually the actual steakhouse, like the Porterhouse or or New York Strip, uh, or mm-hmm. filet mignon type of style.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I am a big fan of Ruth's Chris, but not Chris, a uh, Bruce Chris and Fleming's, uh, or Boa Steakhouse, or I um, mean, yeah, and those are the ones that I could say that are top notch. Morton's is like round number five of my list. I could say. No, we're not making a top
1: five steakhouses. Top five steakhouses, <laughs> it writes itself, it writes itself. Uh, but yeah, so that's my list, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: You know what, and you're absolutely, I just remembered something, 2014, I think that was what you said about John Cena. I think that was the first time we saw the forborn of
1: Suplex City. I think that was the time, mm-hmm. right? No? That was WrestleMania 31. Uh, he was suplexing Roman Reigns, and he said, "Suplex City, bitch." That's right, but when, it, but
0: when it started counting though, I think. Oh, the when, counting, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
1: because so, yeah. yeah. they count how many suplexes
0: they gave like 16 or 18, I think it was. Yeah, like somewhere that. around there. Somewhere yeah. around there, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, the counting was, and I did forget about that. Yeah, about uh, Roman and Lesbian, like, oh, suplex City, bitch, damn. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's right. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, of course, where other two hosts, they're getting ready because they're gonna be performing soon. I mean, they have a band, so that's why they're gonna be ready. Yeah. But stay tuned. We'll have two more of the top fives coming up. We're way behind from the weekly, you know, but we're gonna catch up no matter what. We still have to do a top five worst debuts. And we will be doing a top five best NXT TakeOver matches. Not not events, not TakeOvers, but matches. Uh, it's 36 takeovers that were that are so you know are enjoyable, and hopefully it's not the last. Obviously, you heard, you saw the Friday's episode, so we spoke we spoke about that uh, with Anthony, of course, and Toronto, Louis, So yes, uh there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed your Sunday, enjoy very well, and so and also don't forget to tune in. Uh, which um, you'll be seeing that the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. You'll be seeing that coming up this week and much, much more coming to you guys. So don't forget also, hit our link tree. there's so then hit to our merchandise, get your very own circle debate coffee box, right? There you go, wanna enjoy I your morning? Ordered,
1: I ordered mine, so it's on its way. That's right. Yeah,
0: Start off the morning
1: fresh. I'm sure it tastes sweeter, right? When it's from Circle of Debate.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. But once again, ladies gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in here for our top five. And I'm gonna let the podcast and close this out.
1: Let them know, Money Mike. Of course, if you don't know now, you know the best podcast in the world today. They don't. They, they don't call you a great podcast not at all. They call you Circle of Debate.